We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMuller. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody <laughs> whose body isn't cooperating with her sex life. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners, nor sex therapists. Or OBGYN slash gynecologists. Oh my God. Doctors in any way, shape or form. We both have BAs Mm -hmm. in English, people. So That's right. We are not professionals. We are not trained. Trains? We're not trains. We're not trains either. Choo-choo. We're not trains. Choo-choo. We're not trained in any of this, so please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings, so please shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Also, did you hear that moment earlier where I like almost forgot the script? (laughs) <laughs> which was my name that was an... <laughs> you i did hear you not say your name and i was like okay yeah, here we go to just break up <laughs> i could have to remind her again my name is sierra <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all uh today's letter comes to us from anon anon whose pronouns are she her who is writing to us from loving and struggling Hi, I trust you both so much for balanced takes. My boyfriend, he, him, and I, she, her, are in an exclusive monogamous relationship and love each other so much. We've been dating for several years, but only a year close up used to be distanced. We've been struggling in our sex life, mostly because of my vulvular skin inflammation. Anything can set it off and makes my skin raw down there. Alcohol, tight clothes, my period, etc. This makes sex or any touch down there painful on random stretches, maybe for half of every month. He's expressed so delicately and kindly that he's very frustrated with our sex life. He wants sex often and doesn't want to feel restricted, but doesn't want to hurt me. He doesn't want to blame me, but he's healthy and always able to have sex. So I can tell it's my vaginal issues holding us both back. There's no immediate medical change that can be made. Have seen many doctors, 
have seen doctors. And our discussions around sex are always respectful, but so painful, tearful, and tense. I feel so guilty and want to have ongoing regular sexual experiences with him, but he's growing more afraid and restricted with every instance of inflammation. When I can't have sex, I'm able to shake it off and try again days later. When he can't climax, it makes him extremely physically frustrated with himself and distracted. Rarely, we're able to have amazing, comfortable sex together. He's not ethically comfortable with masturbation or me giving him oral to completion, so won't satisfy himself in between my flares. He's never struggled with this, and I can tell he's starting to catastrophize. While I believe my condition could improve, what can I do? Oh, Anand, um, I'm so sorry that you are experiencing this and that, you know, something that is outside of your control is so deeply impacting your relationship. Yeah. And like, let's just name the fact that like so much about sex and bodies is so deeply tied to shame as well. So the idea that our bodies are doing something that they shouldn't be doing, that they're not working in the way that we think that they should be working can cause us so much shame. And it sounds like that's happening for you a bit. And it also sounds like it's happening for your partner too. Yes. Um, and like we've talked on this podcast before about the ways in which different um, willingness, ability, desire for sex in differences in that sort of levels of that in relationships can cause so much consternation between yes. the folks who are in it. And, and, uh, in so many ways we are so ill-equipped to be able to talk about sex without all of that stuff, just like coming up to the surface immediately. So I just want to hold you in how challenging this is. Um, I just want to hold you in, how guilty you feel about the way in which your body is like betraying you in so many ways and the ways in which he feels like you are denying something that your partner so desperately wants. Um, and like all of that is so, so understandable in the ways that our little hearts and brains tell us about what sex is totally. and what it means and, and how we should be performing in it. And so I want to hold you in the discomfort and pain of that while also I know I think Sierra and I are going to invite you into different ways of holding it, viewing it, dealing with it, that maybe will cause a little bit less of this feeling of shame, discomfort, all of these, this consternation around it. Although none of what we're going to say is going to be a silver bullet to, to sort of get rid of all of the shame and weirdness that we've been talked with, that we've been taught about sex and relationships. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to get into that in just a second. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering 
partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darling. Thank you for trusting us with this question and for listening I too just want to extend my compassion. This is a really tricky situation because we've got a lot of things happening on the table. First of all, we're talking about, um, you know, a physical medical experience that you have little to no control over, right? Period. It's out of your hands, right? (laughs) And that comes with its own baggage, the, you know, guilt from that, the sense of helplessness, the sense of blame that comes with that, despite it not being your your fault. We're also inviting to the table intimacy. This is this is a way in which you and your partner connect and it's being disrupted by um, not just your physical condition, but I would say some limitations that your partner has put on physical intimacy. That yep. is disrupting it, right? Those those yep. limitations, those ethical beliefs or whatever they are, are limiting the amount of connection that you can have physically with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Sam said, sex and body stuff, it's all c- conflated for everybody. And um, 
And this is really tricky. I want to I want to briefly just nod at the fact that I think that this is more common than you think. If not the your vulva inflammation being common, the idea that there are things from that prevent us from living our best sexual life or whatever we (laughs) want to say that is there's just things living preventing us from living our best life you know whether that is chronic illness pain um disability stress anxiety depression our medications changing our um libidos mismatched libidos you know like Mm -hmm. there's so many things out there so although this is particular to you and your relationship i think that this issue is really common because because what we're talking about is not just mismatched libidos, but something. It feels like something's in between you and this great sex that you could be having, right? Sure. If mm-hmm. it just wasn't for this, you know, and this happens to be your body, and so it, it makes <laughs> right. a lot of sense why this could be turning into this tearful, tense, you know, internalized thing, and and that makes all of the sense in the world. And also, I want to say to you, like. If no one has said this to you, or if you struggle to say this to yourself, this is not your fault. This is not a defect. You know, Mm -hmm. this is an added hurdle. That's it's probably really frustrating that you have to deal with, but you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And we know, Sam and I know that you're doing your absolute best, that you're managing your symptoms and listening to your body. Like, good job. I just want to say, you know, in in any of the stress or tenseness that comes with this, I also want to say good job. I really fucking love that you said, you know, when we can't have sex, I'm fine just shaking it off and trying again later. Like that's a great attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you're stopping when it hurts. I love that you've seen a doctor. I love that you have illustrated to me that you can talk to me you know, simply and plainly about your body without disparaging it. Great job. I know this must be stressful and I know this must require you to put extra labor into how you talk about yourself, how do you talk to your partner and how you treat your body. Mm-hmm. That all seems like extra challenging and it can tell that you're you're putting that extra labor in. So good job. I'm proud of you. This must be tricky. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, you know, this dynamic that you're describing around sort of different capacities for sex is like a common thing that happens in relationships. And, and the way that you're responding to it is like really common too. I think we've talked about this before, but you know, when there's this mismatch in sort of capability around sex, then what happens is that the person who wants more sex feels guilty about pressuring the person who can't have sex as often, right? And internalizes some of that, internalizes it as rejection sometimes too, right? Like the idea of like, oh, you know, this means something about me as a sexual partner, my capability or my attractiveness or whatever it might be. And then the person who is less capable of having sex internalizes the guilt of not performing well enough for their partner, right? And that can happen with mislatched libidos where folks, you know, want to have, where one person wants to have sex and the other person doesn't. It can also happen in situations like this where one person is like physically capable of having more sex than the other person is for lots of different reasons. 
And so like this guilt that you both are feeling is like really understandable and I think really common across lots of different relationships where where folks have this mismatch in their capabilities or their abilities to do it. So like I want to hold that. And I want to say that the thing that can be helpful for this is to not let this guilt that you both are feeling grow in the darkness of like not talking about it, right? Where we we sort of take this stuff and we internalize it. And it sounds like you two are trying to have these conversations. And of course, they're tense, right? Because so many of these conversations about sex and guilt and shame and bodies and all of that stuff are really tense and tearful. Um, but, you know, I want you all to... to I want you all to accept the realities of what's happening in a way that allows you to like discuss what your options are in a meaningful way. Right. And, and I want you all to be able to approach some of the sex that you're having with more levity than is currently happening. Because the other thing that happens is that often that sex becomes like so fucking serious. Because so it's like, serious. So tense. Right? It's like, so oh, high pressure. What's going to go wrong? <clears throat> yeah, right? absolutely. You know, like the stakes feel like 10 million times higher than they actually are. And, and actually what can often help with sex is about taking some of the pressure off and having sex in ways that allows us to approach it with levity, with fun, with an acceptance of the fact that like it doesn't have to look a particular way or be a particular way. Like we're not racing to orgasm. Like it's okay if we just like cuddle together naked, right? It's okay if we just take a shower together and like play around a little bit, right? Like lots of different ways that we can approach sex that, that again, take some of this like performance anxiety out of it, which it sounds like both of you are experiencing in this moment. So acknowledging the fact that like maybe P and V sex is kind of off the table at this moment. What are ways, even if it's not masturbation or oral sex to completion, what are ways that you can be physically intimate with each other that can demonstrate your comfort with each other in, in ways that feel less high stakes than like, we yeah. have to have sex in this way in at this time with this amount of time, like all of those different like expectations that we place on yourself. I also just want to call attention to the fact that like the one of the issues in this incompatibility in your sex life is not your body, but actually your partner's moral hangups around masturbation and oral sex to completion. And I want to like, I want to create space for the idea that folks have different sort of morality, understandings of morality around sex. But one of these conditions is physical and unchangeable. And the other one is flexible and in someone's head. <laughs> Like I'm uh, just gonna just gonna say it out loud to like really name what is happening here, and I think that there's like there's an onus of responsibility that I think that your partner has in here to recognize the fact that like his ideal of sex is not available most of the time, and so if he is somebody who is looking for sexual intimacy with a partner, he is going to have to expand his understanding of what sex can look like and be like, right? And I say this about your totally. partner. I also say this about a lot of us who have different ideas of what sex has to be 100%. and then get hamstrung because guess what? <laughs> like sex looks so different all the time and can look lots of different ways to lots of different people. And we've been taught a particular way of being and doing, but that doesn't mean yeah. that it's the right or only way of being or doing when it comes yeah. to sex. Yeah. I'm interested in how your partner can practice uh, flexibility in terms of 
flexing towards your physical limitations and meeting you where you're at. Um, don't get me wrong. I have compassion for both of you. I think this is stressful. Like said, Sam said, it makes sense that this is tense. Um, but like, also like Sam said, one of these things is immovable, right? One of these things is out of our control. And I'm not here to, to say, you just need to learn how to like get used to masturbation, right? But I am, I am curious. I am interested in where your boyfriend's compassion level is, because here's a great reminder for all of us. Compassion is in action, right? Like how is he, how is he flexing towards you to support you during this time? And I get it. You know, it's stressful when you want something physically and you can't have it all the time. Like I'm not even trying to make a joke. Like, it, I don't know. It can make you feel stressed, whatever. And we're grownups here. Right. And we have to be able to be creative. <laughs> I'm not even like making like funny sex jokes here. I'm saying like, <laughs> we need to be able, we need to be creative when we meet people where they're at, when we meet ourselves where we're at, like where's, where's the creativity in this That's that right. falls outside of P and V like Sam yep. says, <laughs> um, because there's, there's lots of things. There's lots of places on the body that can feel good that yep. aren't just your vulva. Um, there are toys that feel good that like it's 2023. No shame in the sex toy game, right? Mm -mm. There's mutual masturbation. There's, you know, there's so much stuff. And I understand. How about this? I don't understand. I'm curious. I'm curious about this ethical uh, feelings against masturbation, but okay feelings against penis and vagina sex. Like there's lots of other places on the body that could feel good. There are lots of other things. Um, and I, it's, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm stumbling because I don't want to just be like, he's got to buck up and learn how to be creative, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would definitely not say that. <laughs> That's a joke. Oh, I would that, say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, I would, um, I would definitely think that I, I do think that they're, that, that he yeah, needs well, to understand that like, bodies are different and function differently sometimes. And that like, yeah. there's lots of ways to have sex that can be meaningful and fulfilling and yes. that don't, if this type of sex is unavailable and makes you both feel shitty, right? Then we need to figure out a different way of having sex. There we go. And if we <laughs> often, I mean, honestly, we got like half an hour an episode, like to talk about this, to muse about this. But if we were going to zoom out and we had to give you a one, one sentence answer, it would be like, it sounds like y'all are going to have to be creative and flexible in your definitions of intimacy and yep. that creativity and flexibility it's going to have to come from both sides. If yes. you want this intimacy to happen, if he wrote in, I would say the same thing. And I would say, this is like not meant as tough love. This is reality, right? This isn't, this isn't meant to be like some feminist anthem either. Although I could make it that <laughs> <laughs> we could. Yeah. <laughs> it's just meant to be like, do you want, do you want this to change? Because you're the one that has to change. Like you two are, you, you have to, 
do something differently. Um, That all being said, I just want to take a moment to say this must be really stressful. I'm really glad you reached out. I'm sorry that you're struggling with this. Um, Please continue to extend grace grace and care um, and compassion towards yourself because this is not something that you can control because if it would, you'd be doing something about it. Um, True. And I hope you find relief um, and some sort of consistent treatment soon. Um, But until then, the sky's the limit. Sex doesn't have to look like penis in vagina. It can look like a billion different combinations of a billion different body parts or not body parts. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, my love. I hope that this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love we you. We love you. All right. It's Friday. So that brings us to the blind date segment of the show. Every week we like to shout out something that you love that we want to set you up with. And this week we are sending you home with a book called the complete Enneagram. Uh, 27 Paths to Greater Self-Knowledge. It's by uh, Beatrice Chestnut, which is the most wonderful name that I've ever heard in my entire (laughs) life. Uh, uh, I've had this book for a long time and um, spent a lot of time in it when I was doing a lot of like uh, sort of self-understanding around what it means to be a five. Uh, And for folks who don't know, the Enneagram is a, a sort of way of thinking or being that identifies that folks have in general, have like particular wounds that kind of drive them to do the behavior that they do. Um, Obviously, this posits that there are nine. I don't know that I totally agree with that, right? And I am healthily skeptical, I think, of a lot of the things about the Enneagram. But I also have known that it is like a really helpful tool that I've used uh, with other people to help understand myself better and to like help me understand where people are coming from better. Sierra and I have talked a lot on this podcast about her being a two and me being a five and what that sort of means. Um, I am returning to this book after a while because I have a new person in my life who is a type that I haven't experienced before um, and have like come back to just really appreciate how much is in this book about all of the different ways that people kind of operate and think about things. Um, And so if that's something that you're into, right, like I'm not trying to proselytize the Enneagram if it's like not perfect for everyone, that's totally fine. Um, But if it is something that you're interested in and you're looking for a good resource, (laughs) if you're looking for a good resource to help you kind of understand all the different types, what they mean. um, And, and again, like it's been a super helpful tool for my own self-reflection and also like Peter took the Enneagram and like now we have different conversations about like what's showing up for us because we have shared language around some of this stuff, which has been really helpful. Um, So if you're interested in the Enneagram uh, and digging into it more than just like what's online, I would definitely recommend this book. Again, it's called The Complete Enneagram, 27 Paths to Greater Self-Knowledge, and it is by Beatrice Chestnut, PhD. And again, just Beatrice Chestnut. It's just a beautiful name. Dr. (laughs) Chestnut. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you want more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as all of our episodes without ads. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakup.com. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Justbreakuppod.com. There it is. (laughs) Which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. 
Chess Breakup is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friends, Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and remember, sometimes there are things outside of our control and we often see two options. The first option is to internalize it, to say it's our fault. We're wrong. We're doing something wrong. We should carry this shame and guilt and we should find a way to fix something outside of our control. And the other option is to see that it's outside of our grasp and we can use creativity and compassion to problem solve around or on a new path, but we're not going to change that thing that's outside of our control. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>